0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said
2: we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. So this week on the Garage Beers podcast, we are just a week away from the opening day of Cleveland Indians season and to celebrate it and to get us ready for Indians baseball. We're going to have one of the radio voices of the Cleveland Indians returning to the garage with us. It's Jim Rodstenhouse. He's going to come in and we are going to break down the 2021 Cleveland Indians. He's going to join us for Garage Beers of the Week. We got our three cheers of the week and so much more. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 58 of the Garage Beers podcast on the Belly Up Sports Network. Always proud to be on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go follow them. And Follow some of our other shows. we got great hockey shows, basketball, baseball. It's a nationwide network. We love being on the Belly Up Sports Network. As always, you can find our show on social media at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. Then you can find us on TikTok, on Facebook, uh, and even on, uh, and I'll let Joey talk about it in a minute, even on our youtube channel that we've got as well so go find us everywhere i'm your host michael keith find me at garage beers mike and joining me as always over on the east side of cleveland find them online at garage beers chad it's chad meyer what's up
1: chad i don't know it's gorgeous oh well that was gorgeous that was the most uh pre-pubescent uh hi i think i've ever done
2: well, that's that's why you're oh, here. Okay. That's why we have you here. Well,
1: yeah, everybody here on the Garage Beers podcast, everybody that listens to us is watching me grow from a boy to a man. Everybody, uh, <laughs> I, I am on the porch tonight, guys. It's a beautiful night out, spring weather. I got some cold beer here. You um, know I mean, if that gives you a little insight into what beer I'm drinking tonight. And um, yeah, I, I'm excited for this, boys. Let's go. Let's go.
2: Uh, so Chad's outside for the first time in 2021 looking good uh, outside and his internet works better out there. So that's cool too. I'm not even, con- I'm not even connected to
1: it. I'm not even connected to
2: it. No, you're <laughs> just ghosting your way into
1: the podcast. It's great. Uh,
2: down in Nashville, Tennessee, we got Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, Joe, what's going
3: on? Hello. Um, hello. hello hello is there anything more satisfying than building <laughs> ikea furniture yeah there's a lot no th- a I, don't lot <laughs> I don't think there is than that i don't think there is tell you what sitting at a computer all day and then like oh, i went to ikea this past week and like just to build furniture at the end of the day i don't know why it's like it's like a puzzle it's great it's fantastic you're on drugs. Everybody, I've, you, everybody
1: I've ever heard that builds IKEA furniture is like it is the most annoying thing ever. But you're like, oh my god! But you're like, you know what? Maybe that's my next. <laughs> it's cathartic.
3: It's cathartic. my next business idea. What? I, I will build your IKEA furniture. Just you know, <laughs> <laughs> bring it over. Bring the box over. I will build it. There you go. I,
2: I am I am excellent at building, K- <laughs> and Birkins Schorker- and smorgas boards.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, got, yeah, I got? I got a stockholmen next to me. Um, I got an Alex, which is a filing cabinet, uh, and a followman. Those are the three things that are around me at this current <laughs> moment. <It's,
1: laughs> I've got the stimulus. We've done Wayne's World. We've, stup- we've, stup- we've done Waynes World 2 <laughs> jokes on this, on this, like I'm Del Preston, Mike, but you know, I'm hi, I'm Jurgen Jurgen from the Gebirgen Fjord. <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows was to... nobody knows like wayne's world too i mean i don't know if anybody listens to him but yeah but uh, drew barrymore is the sweetest secretary and she goes and wayne goes what's your name he goes hi i'm kirgen bjergen from the bjergen fjords i'm
3: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello. Was i was supposed to say something else
2: i don't know what you were supposed to say that was great though you're building ikea furniture like a madman you YouTube. Oh, YouTube! Yeah yeah, 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 yeah! Please, because the Andre Not videos posted on YouTube, and I, I, I don't know if people know how to get there. And yeah. we're gonna post the Jim Rosenhaus interview on YouTube. So where, where can people find our this YouTube? This is a great channel?
3: one. Um, go to YouTube. Uh. And then type in Garagebeard's podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, if you go on YouTube and you search Garagebeard's podcast, Andre Knott, Jim Rosenhaus, those videos will pop up. Uh, If you also go to our socials, we have a link tree um, on the bio of all of our socials. You can go there. That'll bring a link to the YouTube channel. Bada bing. You get the video. It's a good time. to get to see all of our ugly mugs and uh, whoever uh, is fortunate enough to look at them for the night. How you
1: doing? Bada What's bing, it? bada boom. Videos on bada YouTube. Bada bing. Ah, you maybe, you maybe yeah, get we're your, excited. We're maybe get yourselves a little pizza, a little beer, enjoy some Andre <laughs> Not Jim Rosenhouse. How you doing? Listen,
2: we're excited. We've had so many amazing guests. I, I was thinking about it today. I posted about it on our social media, guys. Uh, we're in this little break from March Madness, and I keep looking up and seeing Clark Kellogg on TV. And, and listen, we're just three normal dudes that are major Cleveland sports fans and, and really sports fans in general. And the, the luck that we've had with people just being nice and saying yes to come on to this show with us uh, has been incredible. I keep looking at on my TV and seeing Clark Kellogg on the national broadcast for March madness. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Clark, Clark Kellogg was on our show back in December. Like, it, it, we just have been so lucky, and it's going to be cool because it's the thing that we hear most from you, the listener, how much you like the interviews that we're doing. Uh, we're going to start posting videos of those so you can actually see yeah. them, you can watch them, you can see your favorite people interviewing with us and uh, and so much more. So, yeah. Joe, good call on that. Yeah. Uh, it's really
1: blowing uh, my balls off how many great guests we've had, to be honest with you. Gross. What?
2: Gross. I don't know why
1: that had to wow. be the way you said that. Why? Why? I mean, it would blow anybody's balls off if anybody looked at the guests that we had. And have been able to uh, talk to, so yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> like best of luck to your balls, I guess. But thanks. Uh, thanks,
1: guys. Thanks.
2: Also, as as you would imagine and as you would hope, we've also got some uh, really, really, really crazy guests <gasps> in the pipeline as well <gasps> next week for sure, uh, and and in the coming weeks after that. So. Uh, you know, keep it, keep it tuned into our socials, but that's enough talk for now because we got some fun to get into, and it's going to start. We can't even get into our Garage Beers of the Week without our special guest who wants to have a garage beer with us this week. So let's get in right now. We'll get into our interview with Jim Rosenhouse, who joined us for Garage Beers of the Week, and so much more right here. All right. And now we are going to bring in our special guest before we get to our garage beers of the week. We're going to bring in our special guest. He joined us for garage beers. I don't, I don't even remember when that was but months and months and months ago before last season. Uh, he joined us for some garage beers uh, and he's going to do the same again with us. Uh, jumping back in the garage to talk about the Indians, to preview the upcoming season, which is just a week away. We have got. One of the radio voices of the Cleveland Indians, Jim Rosenhouse. Jim, welcome back to the garage.
4: You know what? I think the last time it was, I mean, deep into the shutdown and any opportunity to get out and do something fun to get to the garage was was a good thing. So that was good then and uh, certainly timely now.
2: Well, we appreciate you coming back in the garage, even though now there's maybe some more fun things to do. We appreciate it anyways. (laughs) So, Jim, you're out there in Arizona, right?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Just a couple of more days and then heading back to get ready for the opener. And uh, it's amazing how fast sometimes spring training goes.
2: All right. So out in Arizona, you know, last time you hit us up with the champagne of beers when you did Garage yeah. Beers of the Week with us, you talked about maybe finding a different beer, maybe an Arizona beer out there. So we're going to let you kick us off on our Garage Beers of the Week here. Jim, what is your Garage Beer of the Week this week? This
4: one comes from the Four Peaks Brewing Company in Tempe, Arizona, oh. a fine Scottish style amber ale called Kilt Lifter. And, I mean, the name okay. makes you want, just, just want to jump on board. <laughs> uh, and their light version, their light version is known as Guilt Lifter. So they, they have they ah. have it going on with their Four Peaks Brewing. Uh, yeah, good, good beer. L- I like it.
1: Now the guilt lifter is probably what, like 12% alcohol. So you just get rid of all guilt. <laughs> <It> <laughs> of, be, things that it might it happen.
4: Life here, but I don't think it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, Right. The guilt or the guilt lifter. That has got to be some alcohol going on with those. So uh, hitting us with an Arizona beer as we wrap up spring training uh, and you get to come back to, well, normally you're looking forward to coming back to Cleveland weather, but we've been pretty good here. We're like, we're, like the weather looks okay here, so I don't. I, I'm not necessarily sure. I even feel bad for you coming back to Cleveland weather now.
4: You know, it's interesting. The last couple of days out here have been in the mid 60s, which means hats, gloves, coats at any yeah. clothing <laughs> yeah shop are gone. And I call home and my family's saying how nice it's been out there, and it's actually been warmer back home than it has been out here for the past couple of days. So I don't know what's going on the world Wow. now, but uh, yeah, so it's uh. We're looking forward to getting home for some good weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought?
1: All the native Clevelanders out there are in a tank top and shorts while the native Arizonians are just in a hoodie and, <laughs> and
3: tall well, cap. I'm sure Jean. by the time you guys get back from the home opener, it's going to snow. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop it. That's enough. Yeah,
2: don't ever say that. Don't say that word. All right, so Jim brought an Arizona beer, Four Peaks, uh, the Kilt Lifter. That's exciting. Joe, down in Nashville. Joe, what's your Garage Beer of the Week?
3: I have, uh, from Yazoo Brewing Company Ooh. in Nashville, the Hoppery Hazy IPA.
2: Like the Grand Ole Hoppery? I
3: like uh, potentially.
2: Uh, okay. I see, what they, I, see what they,
1: I see what they did there.
2: Uh, that might be what that means.
3: It's good. It's actually pretty good. Um, uh, like not super in your face with hops and stuff, and uh, pretty light.
2: Nice. Yeah, hey, is that like, like the big time Nashville like old big brewery down yeah. there?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the oldest ones they have. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's pretty good.
2: There you go. All right, Chad, east out of Cleveland. What's your garage beer of the week this week?
1: Yeah, I've got uh, a repeater, guys. But uh, y- you know, I I didn't get a chance to go to the store, but. It's, it's pretty pertinent for uh, tonight's conversation. It's the beer guy. Yeah. I got, uh, Jolly Scholar, um, Jolly Scholar Brewing Company, Les Flake, uh, and them con- uh, combined on a beer. And it's the cold beer here. It's just a, a fine American craft lager, very drinkable. Uh, I don't know. It's enjoyable. And I'm going to have probably three to seven of these tonight. <laughs> nice. Not the tax man. Yeah, Not that's right. Deal. The beer guy, yeah,
2: I love that guy. Uh, Do you love hearing Jim? Do you love hearing when the beer guy's near your near the area of your broadcast? Because we can always hear him in the background. Uh, That's that's some of the best stadium ambiance ambient sound you can get.
4: I'm still not sure if he works the home plate area because he knows where our crowd mics are just to make sure you hear them a lot and it's awesome. And uh, I'm not, I know we're opening up to about 10, 11,000 right at the start. Hopefully vending is a part of that. And if not right away, real soon after, after we start welcoming fans back, cause that's, I mean, that's part of the deal, right? You go to the game, you got to hear the bear guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You can't not have it.
1: Right. I mean, that's just one of those, just as one of the, like the, the classic, ballpark ambiance even without out the beer guy just invented oh beer like you know what i mean and and beer? given the covid oh, shutdown and yeah. everything it's like it's like that's ah, oh, just so looking forward to that
2: listen just spray my stuff down with some lysol and pass me a beer it's fine <laughs> it's fine yeah. all right so that yeah. leaves me <laughs> uh <laughs> this
1: the smell of light sure has like a lemony taste to it is it
2: <laughs> really stings the nostrils
1: <laughs> yeah yeah.
2: So that leaves me, and I'm going to go with a beer that I just got. Joe was just home here in Cleveland last weekend, uh, and we took a trip out west uh, all the way out to Catawba Island. There is a brewery out there right right near the Miller Ferry. I'll take you to Putin bay uh, And the brewery out there is called Twin Oast Brewing, and it's a fabulous place. It is uh, good food, good beer, and it's on this gigantic plot of land. And so it's a good place for families, for friends, whatever. I take my my three-year-old there, and he just goes and runs around forever until he wears himself out. It's great. Uh, so we went to Twinos Brewing, uh, and I ordered this when I was there, and I, it was so good I had to bring some home with me. This is called the Chuckamole, Uh and it is a mole stout. Uh, so it's kind of a Mexican theme. It's got some spice to it. Uh, it's a little peppery. You can taste that kind of chocolatey mole taste if you like. Mole is one of my favorite Mexican meals. And this just puts it right into a stout and it is delicious. So, Twinos Brewing, mole, That's my Garage Beer of the Week. You heard their Garage Beers of the Week. Jump onto our social media and uh, tell us your Garage Beers. Let us know if you have any suggestions anywhere we haven't tried yet that you've been dying to hear us try. We're always willing to do that. But uh, to you, the listeners, cheers. To you guys, cheers. And let's dive in, again, with Indians radio broadcaster Jim Rosenhouse. Go find him on Twitter, at Indians Radio. Uh, but obviously, social media aside, get ready because opening day is coming, and you're going to hear his voice along with his, his uh, partner in crime up there in the booth, Tom Hamilton, calling Indians baseball in just about a week. And we want to start with something maybe not super baseball related, but just a couple weeks ago. We had one of your fellow Indians broadcasters on Andre Not, and Andre. We were talking to him. We were having a good time. We told him that you were going to be coming on, and we want to play a clip for you. Oh no! So, Joe, I don't know if you're sharing the audio yet. We want to play <laughs> think, a clip for you. Oh yeah! No, I to be, see no, what no. you to see what you say. I, I have to say, last year was a hard year. We've talked to a lot of broadcasters. We've had Rosie. Rosie's coming on in a couple weeks again. I haven't even. Hey, when
0: Rosie comes in, ask him why I'm always bringing up banana and the tailpipe.
3: <laughs> banana tailpipe.
4: <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. That scene where Eddie Eddie Murphy. Okay. <laughs> they're outside the hotel. <laughs> And they put the banana up the tailpipe, and the guy's trying to get away. <laughs>
3: I don't know why
4: and I talk about that all the time, but it, it's because of that, and then it fits anywhere else, so you can just imagine. <laughs> Oh, that's good. He it was. May of, he may be one of the most funny people I've ever met, by the way. But your your
2: reaction was much more subdued because we also saved that part of the clip uh, and and play that for us, Joe. How did Andre think he was going to react? Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to <laughs> no, write that I can't, I can't wait for that. Banana, <laughs> banana, tailpipe.
0: And ah. I guarantee he cries, laughs, <laughs> and says, time out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't get the timeout. We're gonna have to un- tell Andre we didn't get the timeout, but uh, uh still funny nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, bananas and tailpipes with Jim Rosenhaus.
4: <laughs> oh boy, we're off to a start tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be one of these. It's
4: gonna be one of these nights, Jim. We're ready. We're excited. We got Twelve pack instead of the six pack.
2: <laughs> correct. Correct. Uh, So, uh, while you're down there again, just, just a life question, you know, it's, it's so different. We're in such a different place than we were last year and not knowing what was going to happen and all that. So how's Arizona out there? Have you guys like, are you guys able to do anything or is it pretty much go call the games and then get back in your house and, 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 you know, nothing in between.
4: You know, it's different for, and I don't know if Andre was out here yet, but, uh, there's certain levels, the players, coaches, and a fair amount of staff are are in the, quote, bubble, and they've been really limited in what they can do. They go to the complex, play the game, and they're supposed to go home. Uh, I think after a while, they were allowed to go to a restaurant if they stayed on the patio, um, and Andre was in that because they, they wanted to give him some uh, one-on-one access with players to use interviews for the season for TV. Tom and I, um, they didn't have us doing that because we're calling a bunch of games and they didn't want us going to the ballparks, being around people who hadn't been tested or vaccinated and then bringing that to the comp complex. So it has been kind of kind of different. We just kind of go and call the games. Um, we have access to the players through Zoom calls, but it's it's different than just being able to walk up to their locker in the clubhouse and um, you know, kind of have a conversation for a while, and sometimes that'll go in some really cool directions. So uh, that's kind of off the table, but you get it. They, they just want to make sure they get through spring training. There's no incidents, outbreaks, anything like that. And I know it's changing as we go, and and seemingly getting better. But um, hopefully, it continues on that path. But they just wanted to be careful, and they know Tom and I's. You know, we obviously go out every night and are. <laughs> looking for trouble and, and then bring that back. So <laughs> yes. they wanted us to stay right. away.
1: Right. They you guys have a
4: reputation. You have a reputation. No,
3: yeah. uh, party so, animals.
4: Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's go to the ballpark, call the game. And I think I can count on one hand, the amount of times I've even gone to a restaurant patio or thank goodness. I know Tom's got a, a great grill in his backyard and, and uh, we have one here on a patio and uh, a lot of, a lot of grilling out and, and just staying home at night. And, um, that's our spring this year. It's a little different. Yeah.
1: Going ham with hammy. I love it. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's, so, um, uh, <laughs> now Rosie, I mean, you mentioned sometimes, you know, you know, the, the, sometimes the player interviews can take, you know, funny turns in different directions. Is there any, uh, any, any stories you can get, take us behind the curtain that the, that, the that fans wouldn't know about
4: that you can give us from uh, spring training there? You know what? Um, not so much this year because of, you know, the, the lack of one-on-one access, but, um, like last year, you know, you go into the clubhouse and you're talking to different guys or whatever, and, um, I was talking to Logan Allen and hopefully if he makes the team this year, people will get to know him a little bit. Um, he talks a mile a minute and, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's fun. He's, he's so animated and he's, he's fired up. He's excited about life in general. And so we were having a conversation one day and, and he was on full Logan Allen. And Shane Bieber walked by, and I think he thought maybe I was in trouble because he, he's like, hey, come on over here. I got to show you some pictures of my place out in Santa Barbara, California. <laughs> 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 he's like, you all right over there? I said, actually, yeah, that was kind of fun over there. He goes, all right. I thought you might need, need a hand. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he was just giving Logan a hard time. You know, these guys, it's ruthless in the, in the clubhouse. but. Uh, and then, you know, we just had a great conversation about why he stayed in Santa Barbara where he went to college. And he's showing me these pictures of, of like apartments where you stay, you know, right near the beach and the ocean, and the Pacific Ocean, all that kind of good stuff. That's um, nice, but this was really. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, just things like that. It's kind of fun to uh, go down some different paths and, and just hear some of the joking around that the players uh, kind of bust on each other and stuff. It's good.
2: All right, so let's start talking about the team a little bit. Um, uh, first of all, what would you say? You know, we'll we'll kind of go uh, and get into the actual season preview. But there's been some storylines going down in spring training. I think the biggest one. Yeah, there's a couple big ones, but I think the biggest one that everybody's talking about right now, and I, I'm interested to hear your take on it, is that center field position. Uh, a lot of other positions, maybe outside of first base, because we don't know what's going to happen there yet, but. A lot of people had expectations for center field, and those expectations have started going by the wayside, right? Uh, Mercado didn't win the job, and, and, and they kind of sent him down, and then people thought, oh, maybe this is Daniel Johnson's time to shine. And then he didn't win the job, and they, and they said he's not ready yet. Uh, so you've got Bradley Zimmer out there, and you've still got this Ahmed Rosario thing going on. What's your impression uh, of, of um, just what's going on out there? You know, uh, is it people just not grabbing the job? Is it just boiled down to that?
4: You know, I I think that's fair to say, although Zimmer of the the candidates has had the best spring. And and you kind of, you try and read the tea leaves kind of when, when Tito talks about different subjects uh, each day. And, and obviously he's been asked about that a lot. Uh, Just kind of looking at it. I think they made the right call with Mercado. Uh, Just give him a chance to kind of settle in. Uh, work on things without the pressure of winning games in the big leagues and, and he might be better off in the long run for it. Um, Daniel Johnson needs to play and I don't necessarily know that he would right away if he started the season with the club and, and it doesn't do him any good to, to play once or twice a week. Um, so I think Zimmer's probably best equipped to, to start the season and it's interesting because you know, he's at a certain place right now but you feel like he'll be a lot better in a month as he plays more, because he still he hasn't played a whole lot of baseball in the last three years, so where he's at right now, you would think he would get better as he sees more pitching and uh, just plays more and gains more confidence to get back to to kind of where he was when he started to get hurt a lot. But I think the wild card, as bad as his debut in center field was with the three <laughs> errors against the Angels. All you hear about Ahmed Rosario is how much he has embraced trying to learn center field and how he is spending mornings working with Kyle Hudson, who's the outfield instructor, You know the amount of work he's putting in, and how quickly he's learning the position. He played a B game against the Dodgers yesterday and and only had one chance, but he was fine out there. I think the bottom line is they like what he brings offensively. He's a really good athlete. And it, it just seems like it's usually easier for a player to go from the infield to learn the outfield than vice versa. And so he's going, obviously he's athletic if he can play shortstop. Don't be surprised if somewhere after the, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, we see him playing more and more. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all unless there's a total fall off and, and he just can't handle it.
1: Now, uh, Jim, it's interesting. It, it's interesting you say that. I, I had a question. It brings up a, a good question. Uh, a question in my head. Um, now, you mentioned like a Daniel Johnson is it You know, they said they feel like he isn't ready yet. But then you look at this Ahmed Rosario, who's moving from in who you know, is moving from the infield to the outfield. Like what? What do what? Like, I guess I don't know. It's probably a simple, stupid question. I ask plenty of them. Uh, but, like, what's the difference between, like, 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 what do they see in Rosario as opposed to Johnson? Like, how, how how, do you know, like, Johnson, Daniel Johnson, isn't ready yet, as opposed to someone who's never played outfield, moving from infield to outfield? You see what I'm trying to say, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> and,
4: and I think there's a couple of things. Um, just in, in terms of ability, he's had four years in the major leagues and his last full season, 2019, he put up some really good offensive numbers. So mm-hmm. he's proven it at the major league level and, and DJ hasn't quite done that yet. Um, so I think there's some of that, but also, you know, it may come down to roster construction in the end. Um, Rosario can play the infield. You know, I could be your backup shortstop or, or even second base as well as center field. So it It gives him a little more flexibility. Johnson hasn't played a whole lot of center field in his career. He's played a lot of corners and a little bit of center. So, you know, I think that all factors into it. We're not 100% sure how the final roster shakes out. The fit may just be better to have Rosario on the roster instead of Johnson. When you look at, all right, outfielders, Zimmer, uh, Eddie Rosario, Josh Naylor, Jordan Luplo, there's four right there. But sure is looking like Ben Gamble might make it. So there's five. So Rosario, Ahmed Rosario, can kind of go back and forth and, and not really count as an outfielder, not really count as an infielder. There's numbers games going on, and that, that's what keeps these guys up at night the last you know, week of spring training, the front office and, and the coaching staff trying to figure out where everything fits.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. It's, oh, go ahead, Joe. Oh, I was going to say, for someone like Ahmed Rosario – when you're asked to transition out of your kind of, like, home, you know, I'm the shortstop, and now I'm being asked to play center field, do you, do players, like, typically respond well to that? Is that a conversation that, like, they kind of have to sign off on before they go and do it? Is that something they're excited to do?
4: Well, I, I think it depends on the player. There's
3: a lot of players who would be – they might say,
4: okay, but not really have their heart in it, and you can mm-hmm. tell – Uh, There's other players who would just flat out be like, you know what, that's ridiculous Um, and maybe request a trade or something like that. You know, just they're not on board at all. But by all accounts, he has embraced it tremendously. And some of that may be he lost his job in New York last year to Jimenez. Andres Jimenez took his job at shortstop in New York last year. So he might have seen it coming here once they started playing because Jimenez is really slick defensively at shortstop and he can swing the bat too. I think he's going to be a real nice surprise uh, for Indians fans this year. And I think Rosario probably had a pretty good indication that this could be a possibility when he showed up here. And again, I mean, his, by all accounts, his attitude has been tremendous and and he wouldn't look, you don't have to go out and and put in the extra time in the morning uh, like he's doing. Um, you know, it doesn't do you any benefit if you don't, but there's a certain enthusiasm there and and that helps. So I, I think he's on board with it, but it it's certainly commonplace where players are, are just like, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. it. And it's their detriment. So, I, you know, I think he realizes this is my ticket to, to playing time here. So there's been a lot
2: of stuff going on in spring training, a lot of storylines, what's happening in center field, first base, you've got, pitching mechanic breakdowns that are going on. You've got these bullpen guys that are throwing a hundred and thousand miles an hour. Uh for you, as you've watched this team progress through the spring, what what what's been the thing that's really kind of surprised you? What's been the thing that maybe you weren't expecting as much that that has really caught your eye that that's got your attention going into the season?
4: I would say um the emergence of, of Jimenez at shortstop. You know, obviously, you know it was it was a tough day in January, the day that Lindor and Carrasco were traded to the Mets, and, and man, not only is it tough to lose Lindor, but what are the Indians going to do at shortstop? And once once this kid started playing on a regular basis in spring training, I mean, it was apparent from almost game one of the Cactus League schedule, this kid can play. And is he going to be Francisco Lindor at his high point? That's tough to do, but. The, the best that, that he is at 22 is pretty exciting. Um, there's a lot there that that's good. And most importantly, look, it's a team built on pitching and defense. You have to have a quality shortstop. And as much as, as Lindor put up great offensive numbers and made these spectacular plays, if a ball was hit to short, you wrote in your scorebook 6-3 before he yes. even made the throw. But you knew yeah. it was done. It was a deal. Um, so, and that's what you're looking for. And that's what this kid brings at a very young age. So that's been a real, real pleasant surprise because it was something certainly you were watching as camp began. Um, Bobby Bradley's been a great story. Uh, get off to a great start at the plate, uh, came in in great shape, looks okay. At first base, is he a finished product there defensively? Probably not. But, um, you know, you kind of feel like, uh, boy, if they gave him the opportunity and let him run with it it'd be interesting to see what he can do. Is it guaranteed that he'd, he'd have some of the numbers he has in the minor leagues? Of course not. But, uh, he's been exciting to watch. And then you mentioned these guys would throw a hundred, uh, class a as the other day was one Oh one one Oh two. And it doesn't even look like he's rearing back and letting it go. Uh, Karen checks, getting close to a hundred, um, Trevor Stefan, this kid from the Yankees that they claimed with a rule five selection, uh, has to make the team or be offered back. His stuff's been as good as anybody's. So that's exciting. Um, so there's some good stuff going on in the bullpen.
1: Hen- Henry Gardner. I mean, oh, sorry. Emmanuel, <laughs> Emmanuel Classé uh, has joined. But, uh, you, know, J- yeah, you know, Jim, I, I, I'm curious. I asked Andre this because you mentioned how Bobby Bradley is having a great spring. Uh, I'm curious about your take on this. How much can we take? from a guy having a good spring and be encouraged about the regular season? Cause you know, you you know, like I, like I compared it to, you know, a guy in the NFL preseason that, you know, you see like, Oh, this guy, this kid's looking really good. We want to see more of them. How, how much can we take away from a guy having a good spring?
4: It's really hard Mm -hmm. because, and and I think Terry Francona has been that word of caution about his start and and he doesn't want to take anything away from what Bradley's done because it's really good. But he said, look, and, and here's a great example. Shane Bieber, in his first outing of the spring, gave up a bunch of runs. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on with Shane Bieber? But he said, I, I didn't throw my curveball because I know I have a good curveball. I'm working on another pitch that's going to make me a better pitcher this season. And the other team took advantage of that. So other pitchers do eliminator." That. Yeah. So other pitchers on the other team do that too. Bradley's not seeing the full repertoire and he, he wasn't, you know, teams haven't pitched to the scouting report yet. They're going to find the holes and then it's how he adjusts to that. So that's what's so hard about uh, players who have good springs. I mean, every year there's players who just carve it up in spring training and then the season starts and they struggle. So I'm not saying that's what will happen with him. He's, uh, he's really worked on using all fields and things like that. So we'll see, but I think that's why there's some caution there and maybe why the position is still up for grabs here with a week to go.
2: All right, Jim, let's kind of throw it around the horn, just go around the team, uh, and and just give us your impressions of what all these areas are going to look at, uh, what they're going to look like, uh, any surprises, any expectations that you have. And, and again, it's kind of what we asked Andre not to do. Um, We're all lying to ourselves if we didn't say that there was some, uh, some tumult. It was a tumultuous offseason when it comes to losing franchise players and it comes to scandalous things from the past that have had to be dealt with and, and, and all this stuff. So we're looking to get excited now. We're looking for that, you know, that pick me up, uh, heading into the season. So uh, again, we'll just start at catcher. Um, uh and, and Roberto Perez, the big news about Roberto Perez, right? Losing 25 pounds coming in. He lost weight last year. Now he lost 25 more pounds uh, coming into spring training. His defense is elite. It's always going to be elite. He's uh he's an ideal catcher for pitchers. He's impossible to run on. Uh, but the bat is very hit or miss. Uh it, it goes in hot streaks, right? Every once in a while, Roberto Perez can't miss for a week. And then there's a two week span where it's tough to get a hit. Uh, so is him getting into great shape? Does that give us hope for for maybe more offensive improvement? And and what have you seen? Have you seen anything from from Hedges, uh, who they acquired last year, uh, who there was a little excitement about uh, as far as you know being Perez's backup and, and what he can bring?
4: Well, I think Roberto's been, had a great spring because just about everything he's hitting has gone to to the right of center field. I mean, he's, when he's at his best, he goes to the opposite field. I think both his home runs have gone to right center and right. Um, Most of his base hits have gone that way. He'll pull the ball, but, but if he's going that way, that's a great sign. When he had the big year two years ago, so much of his power was to right center. So he's back to that and hopefully he can stay with that defensively. He's fine. Hedges is, is tremendous behind the plate in all honesty, he's had a real tough spring at the plate. So we'll see what happens when the regular season begins. Um, you know, career-wise, he's always struggled at the plate. So it may just be something you live with. And when you think about it, um, as a backup catcher, you're playing once, maybe twice a week. Um, with Perez here in, in great shape, it's probably going to be once a week at the start. So that's a hard deal to hit in anyway when you only play once a week. So they'll take great handling of a pitching staff and, and excellent defense from their backup catcher at the expense of, of some offense. And, and that's, I think where they're at behind the plate.
2: All right. So move over to first base. We've already talked about Bobby Bradley, the tremendous spring training, but, but it's, it's, it's concerning to a lot of fans. Uh, and maybe the best way to put it is I don't think, I don't think a lot of people have a ton of faith in, in Bowers that, that, that are just fans just fans. Now their faith doesn't necessarily matter, but uh, you know, in the time that he spent with the team, there hasn't been a ton of production. Now you've got Bobby Bradley who people have been excited about for a couple of years. Uh, He's really showing flashes in spring training. So we just talked about that, how important is spring training and all that Bradley's been exceptional. Jake Bowers hasn't. Uh, And Bradley looks like he should be the guy that comes out of camp as the clear cut first baseman, except for one thing, Jake Bowers has no options. So if Jake Bowers isn't the first baseman coming out of camp, he's as good as gone. Uh, so you know, what do you think uh, – true gut feeling, what do you think wins out there? And, 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 and if it's Jake Bowers, is it anything other than just one last chance? Or is, should there be some more faith in him uh, to, to be able to produce?
4: Well, I think if it's Jake Bowers, uh, the coaching staff – see something in him here in spring training and it's been getting a little bit better at the plate late in the spring I, I think they see something that makes it where they want to keep their depth and not lose a first baseman so you do that by sending Bradley to the minor leagues and don't forget if you know depending on the outfield situation Josh Naylor has a lot of time at first base he hasn't played there this spring because they want to give the other two the chance but uh, you know, again, we're sitting here on March the 24th. If, if we were to talk on May 1st, this thing could look completely different and, and we'd be laughing sure. about what we're talking about because maybe Naylor's nailed it down after yeah. two weeks and he's the first baseman and you got a different outfield. Yeah. And, right. and uh, you know, it's just, a, it <laughs> always works that way um, where, you know, you have all these discussions in spring training about different positions and then there's certain ones that don't go anything like you anticipated. So I just think, you know, I it's interesting that it hasn't been decided yet. And I think that that may speak volumes about where they're headed with the decision.
1: All right, Jim, let's uh, go to second base. I'm um, pretty simple question here. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, how big was it to uh, sign him back for this year?
4: Enormous. Uh, maybe as big as any acquisition they made in the offseason by far, because he had a great year a year ago. Um, his at bats are just tremendous. And I don't think the Indians were expecting that when, when they signed him last year, but truly if you look at last year, and I know it was a convoluted season uh, for the two months of the season, he may have been the steadiest and most consistent from start to finish of any of the Indians hitters. Now, overall Jose Ramirez had the better year because he was red hot down the stretch and unstoppable, but really, from start to finish, consistency-wise, Cesar Hernandez was tremendous last year offensively, and he won a gold glove defensively. So, so to have him want to come back and, and be a part of this and, and continue what he started a year ago uh, was really, really encouraging that the Indians got that done. And he's had a, a tremendous spring. I think for him, he probably wished spring training was done last <laughs> week because he's ready to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: That's what we like to hear. That's awesome. All right, moving over to the hot corner. Obviously, Jose MVP candidate last year. I still think he got robbed. Uh, the amount of clutch hits that he had, and 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 everything. I think Jose was the MVP, getting the Indians into the postseason, and 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 I think that should have been accounted for. But the guy's absolutely clutch. The question is for the longest time now it's been the Jose and Francisco show over on that on that left side of the infield uh and frankly in the batting order it's been the Jose and Francisco show uh and and all the other guys uh so you know what is what does it do to the mentality of Jose Ramirez uh now that his partner in crime is is no longer with the team and 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 how does he take a leadership role and how does he kind of take on that responsibility moving forward
4: well i, I think he he has um, built up a little equity in terms of, of leadership. Um, it will be interesting to see uh, with Lindor not in the lineup if if Jose tries to do a little bit more, which can be a detriment at times. Um, as he just needs to be himself, and he'll have a great season, and it'll be plenty. Um, you know, and, and he's got to trust that others in that lineup. will be able to, you know, be surrounding him with with some good production too. But um, once you see a hitter that that kind of tries to do it all by himself. And we've seen it with him. Um, You know, the swing gets long and he gets a little pull happy. And and then you have some long stretches where it's a struggle, but if he can stay in that zone that he was in the the second half of last year, he'll be just fine, which is a lot easier said than done. (laughs) But The talent talent is certainly there. Um, And, and you're excited to, to still have him there. And, and maybe this is opens the door for him to, to really be that, that offensive leader for this team.
1: All right, Tim, uh, let's head to the outfield real quick. Uh, Eddie Rosario, I mean, was there a more underrated and, and, and I don't know, unheralded pickup anywhere in the MLB this offseason? Like, I mean, how has Eddie Rosario looked this spring? Um, You know, if he hits for us, like he does against us, he's going to hit about 800 for us this year. So, (laughs) I I mean, how do you feel about Eddie Rosario? Well,
4: I think that's the key. If there's some way that the Indians can put the opposing starting pitcher in their <laughs> uniform yeah, yeah. and throw it the, it's a guaranteed MVP. Yeah. Now, since oh, that, that's probably going to be difficult to do, um, we'll have to just rely on the fact that he's a pretty good hitter um, and hopefully he'll get the job done. But um, you know, it's interesting. He, he really hasn't had that good a spring, but nobody's really concerned. Um, He feels like he's getting where he needs to be here as, as things get to, you know, to a close for the spring. And, um, you know, I called some of the Twins guys um, on their broadcast crew after the Indians signed Rosario, and I said, what, what are the Indians getting? They said, you're going to love him. There's going to be some nights where he's going to do some goofy stuff, but <laughs> the the good far outweighs that, and and you'll love him. He plays hard. He plays every night. Um, he's going to swing at some pitches up around his eyes and hit him out of the ballpark, um, and then he'll swing at some in the dirt and miss him. But, but he... They said, look, at the end of the year, you're going to look up. He's going to have his home runs, and he's going to drive in a ton of runs. And certainly that's what the Indians have needed from an outfielder for a couple of years now. So uh, I think they're really excited to have him and, and that he was available.
2: You know, I skipped yeah, T- us as- over the – oh, go ahead, Chad.
1: No, I was just, just going to make a comment. Like, as Tito always says, guys are going to get their numbers. <laughs>
4: Last yeah. year, they couldn't because the season ended after two months. But, yeah, uh, I right, think they're, exactly. They're all, happy, they're all happy to have a, a bunch of a bunch of games to work with this year. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I skipped over shortstop because we've already talked about, about Andres Jimenez a bit uh, and, and his ability in the field and the fact that he's put some good at-bats together in the spring and, and has some MLB experience. Uh, uh, but I do want to step back to him just for a second at shortstop and talk about the bat. What What kind of – when he's going right, what kind of hitter should, should Indians fans expect out of Andres Jimenez?
4: Well, don't look for a lot of home runs, although he's, he's a lot stronger and hits for a little more power than I, I think maybe you originally anticipated, but uh, once a uh, season in the minor leagues, he stole almost 40 bases. So he's got the good speed, but he, I mean, it's line drives all over the place from this guy. And, and, I don't know if everyone was expecting that. I, I think they kind of looked at him as, you know, still developing as a hitter, which he probably is, but there's a lot in there to like already. And, and there's some pop in there, too. He's hit some home runs in spring training, which I know, you know, down here the ball jumps, but yeah. still it's, it's pretty impressive to see some of the, the power that he does have. But um, look, is he going to hit, you know, 35, 40 home runs like Lindor was doing? You wouldn't think. But I, I think he'll be an on-base guy. I think he'll he'll get his base hits and he'll have good at-bats. And and I don't know what that means for the numbers at the end. But they were decent for the Mets at the end of the season last year and in his first season in the big leagues.
2: You know, I, make, I, I sometimes suggest things that are comparative, and I don't want people to think that I'm saying he is this player. But I, I'm going to tell you, everything I read about this kid, the elite-level defense that he has potential to play. The, the speed, the uh, take-you-by-surprise level that the way the ball jumps off his bat. There's just a lot of stuff that gets said about this kid that reminds me of this other kid that came up out of the Indians minors. Like, I don't know, however many, six, seven, eight, whatever it was years ago that played shortstop here until he was traded to the Mets this last season. Because that was that's how everybody talked about Lindor. And again, I'm not comparing the two. But when Lindor came up, he wasn't a 30-home-run guy. Nobody thought he was going to be a 30-home-run guy. He was a guy that hit line drives and got on base, and he was fast, and he played great defense. And I keep hearing people talk about him, and I'm like, this sounds a lot like we were hearing when that Lindor kid first came up. So, I, you know, uh, hopefully that growth potential is there.
4: And if you have everything except for 35, 40-home runs, I think you take it anyway. You know, if, Oh, Yeah. I, you know, if, he's, if he hits 280 and and uh, drives in some runs, uh, steals some bases, plays good defense, the hands will take that in a heartbeat.
1: Now, uh, I have another potentially dumb question. Let me know if it's dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, report yep. came, the report came out that they were uh, doctoring the baseballs this year. So, so they didn't jump off the bat and, uh, you know, out of the park this year. Does that play to an advantage of a line drive hitter or is that just kind of, the ball's just not gonna jump off the bat as 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 much. Like how much does that play to a line drive hitter? If if at all, if at all.
4: I think it absolutely plays uh, plays into the advantage for the line drive hitters because if you're a home run hitter who hit 25, 30 home runs a year ago and 15 of those end up caught at the wall or the warning track because the ball isn't as lively. Mm-hmm. That's a problem for those hitters because a lot of them are trying to hit home runs at the expense of batting average and and a lot of strikeouts and on base and all that kind of stuff. So if you are already a good line drive hitter who gets on base, takes their walks, and doesn't strike out much, I would think with a, a less lively baseball, you'd be better off. All right, so
1: not a dumb right, so we, question. Yes.
4: No. All no, right, uh, you dumb. did it, Chad. You did, you did it. I'm <laughs> at, A half hour in, that might've been the best question yet. (laughs) Yes. Okay.
1: All right. Yes! <laughs> Anything for I Chad? I knew I liked you, Rosie. I knew <laughs> I liked <it>. him
4: <laughs> He's got the beer guy beer. That's the winner right away.
1: Yeah. Beer of the night goes to Chad. It.
4: Beer of the night. Who wants mole stout to come on?
1: That's
2: indigestion. <laughs> okay. Right and the oh, beer wait a guy minute. Guy. We don't talk down on other beers here,
1: Jim. <laughs> well, to, to, <laughs> tonight we, we do. We appreciate tonight. all beers. Tonight we do, Mike. okay. All right. Like Jim. All right.
4: Uh, That's terrible. I'm
2: I'm joking. Um, All right. We talked a little bit about center field and all these other options. So where it feels like it's going because of where it is, is that you're going to see Bradley Zimmer in center field with Ahmed Rosario getting sprinkled in and out. Right. So here's, here's my, what I would ask of you help us feel good about Bradley Zimmer and listen If you're an Indians fan and you've paid attention, you've seen the flashes with Bradley Zimmer, obviously could be the best defensive center fielder. He could be the best defensive center fielder or one of them in baseball if he can stay healthy because he runs with the longest strides any human has ever run with. He covers incredible ground. Sometimes at the plate, he looks like he's swinging a telephone pole, and that is a little problematic. So so it looks like he's going to get that crack. Help us feel good about that.
4: I think if you can think back to when he was playing every day in in seventeen, and then uh, before the injuries, um, you know he he could hit a ground ball to short and beat it out at first base because he was so fast. Um, you know, I think for him to to put the ball in play, kind of like what we we're talking about, it you know he doesn't have to hit home runs, but he's worked awfully hard on his swing in the winter time, and um, you know there are still some strikeouts in there for sure. But I don't know. I, I, I remember when when he was playing every day and there was a lot of good there. So hopefully uh, he can build on that. I know he said earlier this spring it was just nice this offseason to actually be able to work on my game and work on my swing and work on my approach at the plate instead of rehabbing an injury. And then, oh, by the way, try and get some try and get better instead of just trying to get healthy. There's a big difference.
3: I mean, defensively alone, we've seen so many great plays from Bradley Zimmer over the years. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's 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 just incredible that we haven't seen uh, really his full potential in the full season from him. And, you know, you hope for the best for him, that he can stay healthy this year and um, really see what he's made of and what he can, you know, provide out on the field. It would be exciting if, if, if he can stay
4: healthy. And then the other key is um, – you know, he, he was on the roster at the start of, of last season because he had that good summer camp and then didn't get a, a real big opportunity. And because of the shortened season, I think players who, who didn't perform well right away uh, yeah. didn't get that extended look because all of a sudden you're halfway through the schedule, only 30 games in. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see if maybe he gets a better look this year.
2: All right, so let's go over to right field, a guy that probably is maybe the guy I might be most excited to watch this year uh, in Josh Naylor. Uh, When we had Andre on a couple weeks ago, he said he thinks Naylor will be like the heartbeat of the team. His passion and the way he plays the game is just going to make everybody around him better. Uh, Again, I've said, especially his hitting style, he's not a big power guy. But again, I said, he's a guy reminds me a little of Michael Brantley, a guy that's going to hit line drives and hopefully a ton of doubles and get on base a bunch. Hopefully if he's going right, uh, can he produce like that? Well, you know, what's Josh Naylor's ceiling?
4: I, I think we still don't know. Cause you know, here's a young, another guy who is, they have a young ball club all the way around and he fits right in that, um, just scratching the surface. He hasn't played a, a full season in the major leagues yet. So, uh, you know what? What is his ceiling? I don't think anybody knows, but it'll be fun to try and find out. And he's certainly going to get that opportunity here. Uh, look, he plays like his pants are on fire, which is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of enthusiasm there. Swings hard, so uh, you know maybe there's more power in there than than we've seen so far. But um, it'll be fun to to watch him be able to settle in because uh, yeah, I think he's ready for for a prominent role on this team and and we'll see if he can take advantage.
2: All right. So we've went around the outfield. We've went around the infield. We've talked about all that. Let's talk about the bench for a second and who you're feeling good about. Cause there's a lot of the crazy thing about the Indians this year is it just feels like there's a lot of these other guys that are just making it. You can't watch, you can't go on Twitter when there's an Indians game on and not see a Yu Chang home run. Like that guy is, has been phenomenal. And uh, so you got guys like you, Chang, Owen Miller, you brought, what was that?
4: What, what about, oh, Fran Mill?
2: what about designated? Well, we didn't header? even talk about, oh my God, we didn't even talk about the designated here. We didn't. <laughs> all right. All right. Next. I'm going to put that next on the list. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> Fran Mill. Okay. Uh, we'll get there, but you got these guys. Uh, Cheng, Owen Miller, Ben Gamble, Harold Ramirez they brought in and then we've talked about him, Ed Rosario, like there, it, it seems like there's a lot of really good depth and I think you see that in the fact that the Indians, Tito and 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 the front office were comfortable getting rid of a guy like Freeman who they've loved and who's done good things for them. You got Luplo you got, you know, like how could are you feeling about the depth and which of these guys do you feel like are going to be good producers for this team.
4: I feel like Luplo for sure. Um, and I know that that might be hard because nobody's really seen him this spring played less than a week and, and his swing is right where it needs to be. Um, so it, look for Luplo to, to be a key contributor, especially against left-handed pitching. Um, I don't know who the, the utility player will be. You would think it would be Chang. Um, but Owen Miller's had a, a very similar spring. They both have had great springs, But I think they may want Miller to to go play every day. Um, And then, you know, if there needs to be a change later on, they can do that. But um, I think when they traded Mike Freeman, that that seemed to open the door for Chang. And and it's not a guarantee yet. It hasn't been official. But um, he's had a really good spring. The key will be, do they think that he can handle playing a bunch of different positions? And especially in the month of April, maybe play, I don't know, three, four, five times at best because of the nature of that job. And you have Jose Ramirez, Cesar Hernandez, and and they're hoping Jimenez, these are guys you can't get off the field. So especially early with some off days, it might be hard to get him in there, but um, maybe they're going to give him a shot because he certainly has shown in summer camp last year and now spring training this year, uh, he's made some significant adjustments with his swing that have really worn well for him, and it's exciting to see.
2: Uh, Real quick on you, Chang. Uh, where's Yu Chang slotted in the lineup for today's game? First base. Hey. So
1: add more we'll to the first base drama. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, uh, well. unlike Mike, I don't forget about the designated hitter. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this isn't the National League, Mike. You know, we have designated <laughs> hitters in the American there are rules. League. Okay. Uh, Franimal, <laughs> the Franimal, Franmil Reyes. How has he looked this spring?
4: You know, it, it kind of got off to a rocky start there. There was the, the protocol violation, and so he was out for a couple of days. But, um, you know, it's the swings coming around at the right time. And, and here's what I love about this guy. I mean, he, he keeps saying something special is coming this season for the team. He's really excited about, about what's in there and, and what they could do. And uh, someone asked him about playing the outfield. And he said, I'll play the outfield, catcher, shortstop, wherever you want to play. And, and someone asked him about shortstop, and he said, You should see my, my I have got great hands. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the biggest shortstop in major league I, history. Ma- that <laughs> I, ever,
1: I, can't, I can't get the picture of a six foot five, 260 pound man like diving, making like a diving bare handed double play
4: now. <laughs> like, I'm like, and here's the thing like, I, I don't know when the right time would be to try it. But if you're Terry Francona, don't you like aren't you curious to see if he could do it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it might cost him a game, but man, it would be something else, wouldn't it? If you looked out there and saw Fran Miel Reyes playing
1: shortstop. Oh, it's like it's it's like Maybe. it's like when you send a position player to pitch in like a twelve nothing game. Well, stick for in short. See what you got. Yeah.
4: And surely there could be a movement afoot to do that somehow. <laughs> I say, I think we're starting
2: it. I think this yes, fruit, is the yes, movement. <laughs> this is the origin of the movement. Fraun Mill at shorts. So what there are a thousand t-shirt companies in this city. One of them's <laughs> got to make one for the Fraun Mill to short movement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that was my fault for, for randomly skipping over, uh, the, the, the guy with the biggest pure power in the lineup. Uh, but, uh, but we got there, uh, so then, then we talk about what we always talk about with, with the, the strength of the team, and that is uh, hopefully this lineup, and maybe before we get to the pitching, this lineup. Uh, Chad has compared the Indians' lineups of the last couple years to uh, Eli Manning for the New York Giants, where one game he would have 350 yards and four touchdowns, and then two, more, two games after that he'd throw for 150 yards and three picks. And the offense has been a little bit like that—a little inconsistent. They go through stretches where they score zero, one, two, and then they put up twelve. Is is there consistency to be had in this lineup?
4: You know, it, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of youth in, in the lineup, mm-hmm. um, maybe more so than years past. And sometimes that can be a struggle to be consistent in the big leagues as a young player. So, I think you'll need a, a consistent season from jose ramirez Mm -hmm. um i know there's been stretches where he's really labored but then at the end of the year he has those those hot months which even it out and, and you look he's had a great year um it'll be real interesting if you have young hitters at first base a young hitter at shortstop and maybe two young hitters in the outfield you know is that too many young hitters Uh, to have a consistent lineup. We'll see. I mean, maybe those young hitters, this is their breakout year, and and that's certainly what the Indians are hoping for. But, um, you know, they've had an experienced lineup the last couple of years, and and they've been inconsistent. So I'm not sure what the answer is to that.
3: Well, hopefully an area of consistency is, I think, the area that we're probably the least worried about would be starting pitching. Uh, You obviously lose cookie uh, to the Mets, and that's obviously – uh, a hole that you have to fill in that rotation, but feel like the Indians have just absolute incredible pitching depth, and they always find someone to bring up every year. That's just like, who is this guy? So you have Bieber, who's you know, Shane Bieber. He's going to do phenomenal this year, we hope. And uh, uh, you have uh, Zach Plezak, who's coming back this year. Aaron Savale, who uh, Andre was saying had, had a lot of mechanic changes throughout the off season. Um, He's looking really good right now. He got Tristan McKenzie's in. Uh, Do you think they're going to start this season off with just a four-man rotation? Do you think they're going to name maybe a fifth starter before the season starts? How do you think that's going to play out? I I think there's still some
4: discussion about slots four and five, um, just based on the springs that they've had. I think the first time through the rotation, you'll see a four-man rotation because there's three off days in the first week of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, so that certainly would you know there's no need for a fifth starter at that point Um, but it's going to be real interesting I I think at this point in the spring there's two spots in the rotation among three pitchers and Logan Allen has clearly had the best spring of them all Um, Tristan McKenzie and Cal Quantrill have had their ups and downs as they try and get ready for a season so it's going to be real interesting but uh you know, you got a, a young kid in Sam Henches, who was really impressive in spring training. He's waiting in the wings. And there's some others at the minor league level that they're really excited about that we saw this spring. That You know, I, I think, as you said, uh, we may not see them until June or July if there's a need, if there's injuries or ineffectiveness or the, the new, not new, but getting back to a full season and how that innings jump. Impact certain pitchers. You're going to need at least eight to ten starting pitchers, good starting pitchers, to make it through the season. I think the the teams that make the postseason will be the ones who can roll out about ten starting pitchers over the course of of the mm-hmm. six months. So what have what have you noticed? Because again, I
2: the Indians, the way they produce pitching and the way they 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 improve pitchers and and get them in that because again that was the big thing that to me has been one of the most interesting things is they said they've added an arm angle to Savale that's similar to what they did with Bieber and similar to what they did with police expose delivery looks different uh because he's coming from a a different angle he's got a different angle when he brings the ball back have you noticed uh Savale looking like he's kind of ready
4: to take that next step well he definitely you know the, the the delivery is, it's a subtle difference. So you you really have to look for it, I think, compared to a year ago, but, um, you know, I think just his demeanor on the mound, I mean, he's a really, really good competitor. And I think that showed last year, he was second on the ball club behind Bieber innings pitched. I mean, he started a game, he was getting it into the seventh inning. Um, there were a couple of rough outings at the end that kind of boosted his ERA, but for the most part, he was rock solid. And and I think, the Indians are looking forward to seeing that again, and um, he has looked pretty good this spring, I think, and, and is ready to go for the season.
2: Oh, all right. I don't know if Chad lost his connection or something. I know he said he had something, but we'll we're going to jump to the bullpen. Lots of veterans in the middle relief area. Uh, anybody that's exciting you there? Any any newer guys? Kind of because again. Everybody's going to talk about the end. Whitgrin, Klause, Karinczak. We're all going to talk about Whitgrin. <laughs> there it is. Klause and Karinczak. But you talk about, and hopefully, uh, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Brian Shaw, who had just got announced today that he's making the roster. Uh, uh, any of those other guys that you're expecting big things out of or that you're really excited about watching come out of the pen?
4: I'm excited to see Brian Shaw. You believe that? Yes. Um, you know, look, <laughs> and I, I say that because I don't know why, but he is the lightning rod for fans. And yet all he did for five years was take the ball every time he was asked and really did a, a great job. I mean, he, he, he was one of the best relievers in baseball for five years. And I, I don't, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was key spots or something, but, um, I don't know. I would take him in a heartbeat, and the Indians have because his stuff may be better now than it was the last time he was here. He's made significant adjustments, and um, maybe I just like the guy. We had a chance to talk to him this afternoon, and he has over 600 appearances in the major leagues, which is one <laughs> of the, the higher numbers. And, you know, he was asked, you know, how long can you keep going? What brings you back? He goes, I'm only halfway there. I want to break the all-time record for appearances, which is over 1,200. Oh, so my. <laughs> you, know, you kind of raise your eyebrows, and and he's like, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but he loves to pitch. And and I asked him, I said, you know, there there's so much about pitch counts for starters and innings limits. And I said, you're the opposite of that. Yeah. You throw every day if you could, wouldn't you? He goes, that's what I believe that that helps keep me healthy. And he's never not been healthy. He had some rough years in Colorado, but it wasn't because he wasn't healthy. He's got a rubber arm. He's been blessed with that. And, uh, it would not surprise me if you saw him pitch sixty to seventy games this season in a significant role for the Cleveland Indians. I, th- I, th-
1: I, th- 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 I love it. it. I love it. I think that's why you love him, Jim, is because you've watched him pitch only seventeen hundred innings over this last five years that you <laughs> that, that you that you that you, that you were him. Like you feel like you like I don't know. You feel like you live with him. He's just been on the field so much, and you feel like he's part of your family. He's like a comfortable pair of shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, he's that he's that old reliable jeans you go to in your closet when you're like, ah, what am I going to wear?
3: And now
4: he's back. It, it just, it, I never thought we'd see it, but here he is. He's yeah. back, and and he may be in a very similar role to what he was three years ago.
2: Hey, he's with the right coach. If he's mm-hmm. trying to break records, he's with the right coach because Tito loves trotting him out there. And I can just, I can see it now. They're in the dugout. Tito's like, get Shaw ready. And all the other coaches are like, Shaw has pitched 90 straight games. You got to give him a rest. And Tito's just, no, get him up. Let's go.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He's an everyday
1: player.
2: That's great. It's exciting to have him back. And and like you said, I think people, uh, Shaw had a tendency in the, what I always said was rare occurrence that he gave up hits or home runs. It always just tended to be in bigger spots. But it didn't happen as much as people think it did. So it's cool to have him back. So, again, uh, hopefully the pitching staff, again, that back end of the bullpen, if they can be accurate, if they can stay healthy, uh, and if they can just pitch the way they pitch. Uh, We actually had Daniel Johnson on uh, last year. And I'll never forget, we asked him, we said, you go through spring training, you go through practices, you face some live pitching from these pitchers. Which of the guys, anybody on the team, any starter, any reliever, which guy is just the best pitcher that you go up against, and I will never forget. He responded immediately. Nick Wittgren, immediately he was like, "Nick, Wick- Nick Wittgren is the toughest pitcher to hit off of," and I was like, "I think Wittgren had a little bit more of a uh, coming out party last year than than even from the year before. He was so good last year, and you really saw it." Uh, so, do you? the The big question is. Who do you expect to see in that closers role to start the year?
4: I think early on, Whitgren gets some opportunities for sure. Um, and some of that is just based on matchups in the ninth inning or matchups in the seventh inning when the game's on the line. Uh, if they feel the better matchup is is Karinczak at that point or Classé at that point, I think the three of them will handle the eighth and ninth innings. And it may not really matter who gets the end now they may use Whitgren in the ninth because i'm I'm still a firm believer that there are certain pitchers who can handle the ninth inning, and it is different, and there are other pitchers who struggle getting the last three outs um Did Brad Hand always have the best stuff of every of any reliever in the bullpen? Probably not. I mean he had obviously elite stuff, but he also I mean there could be a bonfire behind him on the mound and, and he wouldn't be bothered by it. You know, he he just <laughs> he had a great demeanor and, and I think um I think that counts for something and Nick Wickren has a very similar demeanor.
2: All right, so before we ask how you feel like this season's gonna go, uh and a little preview there, just, just take a quick trip around the central because things look different in the AL Central. Uh you've got last year's champions, the twins. Uh, You know, you've got Kenta Mieta as a stud for them. Nelson Cruz resigned. They added some decent players, Andrelton Simmons, J.A. Happ, but they lost some decent players, including Eddie Rosario. Uh, There's there's just this little feeling they've been good now for a few years. uh, And with with Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz and Miguel Sano, they also just feel a little piece together, don't they? Like they got a lot of guys on kind of one year deals that. Is just a little piece together how do you feel like the twins are still probably the team in the driver's seat in the central?
4: well I think until someone knocks them off, yes, um look, it's a good ball club, good organization and and their their pipeline of young talent is is continuing, so there there's a lot to like there. I still you know, just having seen them this spring. I still think the White Sox are, are going to be the class of the division heading into the season based on what everyone's saying. Now, I'll have some thoughts on the Indians in a little bit, but um, the White Sox are really good. And maybe I'm one of the few who thinks that Tony LaRusse is going to be good for that team because he sure, they sure took a lot of heat when they hired him. But, I mean, they got a guy who's, who knows how to get to the World Series with different clubs. And now he's back, and I know it's been a while since he's managed, but he has a ton of talent. When the Indians have played them this spring, they've had their A lineups in there, and, I mean, there's no rest. And now their starting pitching is really good. They have a a power bullpen. There's a lot to handle there, Um, and at least maybe it's because I've seen them a couple of times this spring. I would have them slotted ahead of the Twins heading into the season.
1: Okay, let's go over to the Royals here, Jim. Uh, you know they lost Alex Gordon, but they you know signed an old familiar face on the Indians, Carlos Santana. You got Mike Minor, Wade Ugh. Davis. They traded Ugh. for Andrew Benintendi. Uh, you know the lineup is totally revamped. You know, and they added the guys who are really solid hitters in Jorge Soler, Whit Merrifield, uh, Hunter Dozier, and Salvi uh, Salvador Perez, who had just signed to a massive extension. You know, the pitching might be a problematic, but you know the Royals look may, maybe look much improved.
4: I think so, and then they have um, a lot of young pitching on the way. That um, maybe it's ready, maybe it, maybe it needs some time. Uh, maybe they'll take some lumps in the major leagues, but I think the Royals will be better. Um, can they be up there with with the Indians, White Sox, and Twins? I'm not sure yet. Um, you know, I think they still have to prove it over over the course of a long season. But I think they are on the right track, getting better. And I think the Tigers are. are are similar. I don't think they're quite where the Royals are, but Detroit's young talent, mainly pitching, um, that that is close to the major leagues and starting to, to get there is really exciting for them. think they'll win enough games to be in the upper echelon of the division. No, I don't. But, um, you know, look, you still got to play the games. But, you know, I, I think it is fair to say that the White Sox and Twins are, are everybody's darlings from, you know, the prognosticators from an Indian standpoint. I, I just I believe that a Terry Francona ball club will will make it hard for other teams throughout the season. What that means in the end, I don't know. There's a lot of change <laughs> here, but I can tell you there's a lot of players in that clubhouse that we've talked to who have been here for the good seasons and and winning baseball, who are kind of excited to get it done with this group, and especially because off of one trade made in January, I think everyone has discounted the Indians. And I think the players who remain are, are kind of like, well, wait a minute. They're, we had a lot of good players, and, and we're still here. And we added some good players. So, um, you know, there's a little chip on the shoulder, and, and that's okay. It, it's been a while, I think, since the Indians have had that. Uh, they the favorite for a while in the division, so it's a little bit different. And, and I think that's okay for this club at this time.
3: I feel All like right, so with take- the, the pitching staff that the tribe has alone and, you know, the, the hitting is going to be an X factor this season, but it's going to be hard to think of any team in the central, I think getting past that pitching staff this year, at least the way that I see it, it's just too solid front to back. Um, and if we can get some offense to, you know, be consistent this year, um, who knows what we might see from the Indians. Well, Jim, well guess, you think,
4: in,
3: I, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, do you think they're in a position?
2: Again, we talked about a, an offseason that, like it or not, it, it wasn't the fans' favorite offseason for sure. Uh, and we're talking about heading into a season with, uh, especially over the last five years, a dramatic, pay uh, you know, a, a salary cut from from where they've been. But do you also think that this team is now in a position where, Let's say they are competitive because they always this is a trade deadline team. That's what they do. Right. It's how this front office works. They're not signing big, splashy free agents in the offseason. They look at that trade deadline. Do you think they may be at a point because of the dramatically reduced payroll where you could bring somebody on at the trade deadline? that Might not be a rental uh, if this team is competing that that that's an area where this team could look to improve.
4: I I think it's going to be really interesting and maybe dependent on what happens in terms of attendance. What are teams allowed to welcome in specifically the Indians in Ohio, um, and how does that go? You know, where does the team stand at the trade deadline from that standpoint, and and that may be a lot of teams in baseball who's who has the the money after a lost season a year ago with no fans and then limited fans early this season, who has the the finances to go get players and, and make those moves. It's going to be fascinating. Um, maybe we'll be back to normal by then, um, but maybe not. And and I think it's still something that, that we really don't know how it's going to play out because this is uncharted territory for every team in baseball.
2: So Jim, what's your schedule look like? Are you, are you doing the same thing our buddy Tim Alcorn's doing with the Cavs? Are you going to be, calling the game from the booth when the team's at home and then are you are you still calling the game from cleveland
4: when they're on the road at, at least at the start of the season it's the same as last year which is yes um we'll be calling road games from home although uh tom and i are going to shoot over to detroit for the opener and call that one in person oh nice nice but okay. we're still uh, we're still outside the 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 bubble so it's you know it's a little bit different for us um But hopefully, you know, hopefully that changes throughout the course of the season and we can get back out there. Tigers are going to set you up with a folding table on the roof of the stadium. So we're hoping, and and you know, if it's a windy, cold day, that would be awesome. Yeah,
3: perfect
4: um, setting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they have there? They, they, they have, have you guys been to Comerica Park? Yes. Yeah. 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 They have that Ferris wheel down the the one line on the concourse. Yeah. That they'll probably put us in that. That
3: might be <laughs> hey, <laughs> bird's eye view of the game. Cool. Right? <laughs> and we
4: could be so you know up on the top. They could just stop it near the top. Man, man. Yeah.
1: Bieber. Bieber.
4: the wind.
1: Bieber, the wind and the pitch. And he's, uh, hold on, at the bottom of the Ferris wheel, folks. Uh, looks like it was a strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. just hear Hammy
2: from a high atop America field. Yeah. <laughs> uh Okay. So, uh lastly, before we let you get out of here, we've talked a lot about the Indians, a lot about the Central. We've got your feelings on the Indians. and uh And, again, doing exactly what we kind of asked you at the beginning, just getting us excited after a, a, a crazy off season to get back into a full season and all that look around baseball a little bit more, right? The, the Tampa Bay Rays were in the world series last year. And obviously the Dodgers went and made moves and you got the Yankees that are going to be the Yankees and these other teams. Is there, uh, you know, take the Indians off the, off the equation because we want the Indians to be that team that represents the American league when it gets to the world series and all that. But is is there another team you see kind of brewing out there that kind of is like the Rays, what they did last year? It it was like a lot of people were talking about the Rays at the beginning of the year, but it was kind of like, oh, they could be pretty good. And they wind up in the World Series. Who's who would be that team for you this year that you think could be that team that jumps up and surprises people uh, in, in other areas of baseball?
4: Um, you know what, in, in the American League, I don't know if the White Sox would be a surprise because they had a good year last year and and, and there's a lot of talent. But, you know, maybe a team that that could be really interesting this season is the Blue Jays. Um, yeah. They've made some really nice moves. Um, they have the potential to play in three different home ballparks this season, which will be interesting. <laughs> because they're going to start down at their spring training park in Dunedin. They might make a little stop for about a month in Buffalo where they played last year. And then maybe at Jim Rosenhouse go- field. Exactly. In Buffalo. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, if the border opens up, then they can go home and actually play in Canada for the first time in a long time. So it could be a, a really bizarre, but um, good year. That That's a good young ball club uh, with some great young talent. Uh, you know, there may be, Bullpen-wise, uh, I know they got some tough news on their closer earlier this week, but they're really in an interesting team to watch that that I'll keep an eye on. And obviously a tough division with, with the Yankees and the Rays already.
1: I feel like George Springer signing only a, a $100 million contract when I need to get the hell out of Houston. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, Rosie. Well, we appreciate your time. We're going to let you go. But again, Jim Rosenhaus, one of the radio voices of the Indians, hear him on the Indians radio network. Uh, You can do what I do. I love listening to the TV guys, the radio guys, but sometimes I mute the TV and listen to the radio. You can do it all. Uh, But listen to Rosie, Tom Hamilton. Those guys are about to be gracing your airwaves uh, with regular season Indians baseball. Rosie, it's going to be so good to hear you back up here in Cleveland. We got blooms happening up on the buds around the trees. Things are starting to get green. The weather's nice, uh, and nothing is uh, is better than summer and tribe baseball and hearing you and Hammy over the uh, over the radio airwaves. And so we're we're so excited to be able to do that again. But Jim, thank you so much for coming back on with us again, and uh, we can't wait to hear you a uh, hundred plus times over the
4: season. Thank you for having me in the garage. It is always a pleasure. And I uh, look forward to doing it again soon.
2: And thanks again to Jim Rosenhouse, our incredible special guest, one of the radio voices with Tom Hamilton on the Indians Radio Network. Again, you're one week away from catching them calling regular season Indians game. And ladies and gentlemen, it is Freaking baseball season in Cleveland! Woo! Get excited. The weather's getting nice, and it is just a—it's a great time to be alive. So hopefully the tribe puts it together. And like Jim Rosenau said, he expects the tribe to be a force. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about the White Sox and the Twins. He still expects the Indians to be a force, and I certainly hope he's right. If you want to follow Rosie on his twitter page it's at indians radio you can catch him there and and like i said you can catch him on the indians radio network during the season so thanks again to rosie and that's going to lead us gentlemen right in to our three cheers of the week uh and so this is just our little segment to end the show where we celebrate something anything good that happened in our lives this week joey you've got yours right off the bat i do you know yours, so I'm going to send it down to Joey for his
3: cheer of the week. I know my cheer for the week of for once. Uh, and my cheer, I, I am cheering my drink to referee accountability. Oh, no. everybody! Oh, no Referee. When has a referee <laughs> ever blown something so bad and the next day they get fired? That never happens. But in the NHL, they got their shit together, I think right last night uh well i guess it'll be chance to go but tuesday night uh, tim peel who was an nhl referee was uh, refereeing the nashville versus the detroit red wings game and he got caught on the hot mic saying i just wanted to get the preds in an- what do you say it was uh, 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 uh oh where's the quote he just
2: wanted to get them an early f and penalty yeah i
3: want to get the preds an early f and penalty and it got picked up on the TV broadcast and the next day he got fired. And that makes me really happy. The Preds ended up winning that game, which is also fantastic. Um, so, yeah. See ya. Oh,
2: okay, good. I'm glad that's your cheer of the week, but I, we're talking you about this for once I that? I a I hate the fact that he got fired. It is the most egregious firing that has ever happened. In every sport, there are makeup calls. You just happened to hear him talk about the makeup call. No,
3: no, no, no. He said, I wanted to get them a penalty.
2: Yeah, because they made a bad penalty in their favor earlier in the game. And he was like, I'm trying to get them a makeup Mm. call. In every sport, in baseball, if the referee or if the umpire makes a bad, you've seen it all the time in baseball, if they miss a strike three, and then the next pitch is like a foot outside. They'll call it a strike three, like makeup call in football, in basketball. They do it in every sport. This is the worst firing in the history of anything. And I think you just love it because it went in favor of Nashville. That's true. But like, no. it's just all he was doing was making a makeup Not, call.
1: I, it's nonsense.
3: It, here, Where's the makeup call in the rule book?
1: Everywhere. Where? It's, no, no. It's an unwritten Where's the makeup rule. Call in the it's rule an book? unwritten
3: rule. Not a rule.
1: It's an rule, But it, it is.
2: That guy did not deserve to be fire. Here's fired. the
1: thing: he, I don't think he would have got fired if it wasn't a hot mic. Uh, if it wasn't a hot mic, hot mics lately have been. Well, getting, nobody would have known it. We yeah, wouldn't even be talking exactly, about it if it wasn't hot. Exactly. Mic. Hot mics will, will get you every time. And you know, I think the NHL. I mean, probably secretly they went. You know what? If if this wasn't available to the public, we wouldn't do anything. But you know, I, I feel like they they had to make an example out of this guy because people would have been calling for his firing.
3: Well, and also the underlying, I think, why that's such an easy fire for the NHL is the guy was retiring after this season anyways. So it was kind of like, we don't want to deal with the fallout if you're going to get suspended. No, it doesn't.
2: The guy has a career. He spent a whole career as an NHL referee. He's about to retire, and he goes out with zero dignity.
3: So has Angel Hernandez. Oh, well, well. Okay, but
2: but did the guy have just a career of awful calls? You don't know that he hasn't. You're right. I don't know that he hasn't, but I, I and if he has, then good for him. Good. Riddance. We're going to have, <laughs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> we're going
1: to have to ask us as, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, as a,
2: as a guy that has been a referee in so many sports makeup calls are a part of it. You just heard him talk about a makeup call on a microphone. He should have been maybe suspended a little bit just because they caught it on a hot mic. But if you don't think makeup calls and shit happen in every level of every sport, you are out of your mind. So Joe, you are, this is a, we are a free society on the garage beers podcast. You can have that as your cheer, but man, I totally disagree. (laughs) with how That whole thing went down.
1: Yeah. We're going to have to ask uh, our special guest next week uh, about that situation and see if he's had any experiences with that official, Uh, a little preview in the next week. We're not going to tell you who the special guest is yet, but anyway, let's get to my cheer of the week. uh, Shall we? How about that? Why don't you take your cheer of the week? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. let's go. Uh, John Johnson, the third, my God, first off, if he didn't get in to the hearts of Browns fans at his press conference saying that this was an opportunity of a lifetime to join the Cleveland Browns. Are you kidding me? What? Like it it, it, it was, it was something that that's something that you just don't hear. Okay. It's something that you just do not hear, but everyone, they want to join the Cleveland Browns and John Johnson. The third is so pumped that he went on to IG live today. Instagram Live for those of you who don't know the acronym. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and revealed his jersey, and he was so pumped. He was he was just like Jalen Ramsey, his old teammate, one of the uh, best corners in the league. Goes, look, I'm gonna have to get that man. I'm gonna have to get that. And and, and John Johnson was like, listen, man, we we maybe we can maybe we can team up again sometime down the line. But I'm telling you, this right here. And he was talking about the Browns jersey. Is and, and he just he just he just had no words to say about it. He was just so excited. My my so my cheer of the week goes to him and actually it's kind of two cheers because I also am also cheering the Steelers uh offseason, just they, they just keep getting more terrible, like like just 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 worse and worse. They I, I think they've lost five or six starters <laughs> on that defense now, which was their strength from last season.
3: Beautiful. Uh
1: and bringing back Juju Smith Schuster on uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, a terrible contract along with a washed up quarterback. They're not going to have a running game this year. The Steelers just keep getting worse. So those are my cheers of the week.
2: Uh, the other guy that I, I I will bring up just to piggyback on your cheers of the week there is Anthony Walker Jr. Yeah. Did did you see his Colts teammates? Yeah. Doing like tribute videos to this guy. <laughs> yeah that the, the Browns signed him one year, three and a half million dollars to come play inside linebacker right. and his Colts. Cause he was like the Colts defensive captain, basically. He, his teammates for the Colts were like, you have no idea what this guy meant to our locker room and what he meant to our defense. Right. Our defense was as good as it was because of this guy right. and the Browns bring him in. Like uh, right. <laughs> cheer of the week goes to the wow. Browns, Malik Jackson and, and, and Tack McKinley uh, today, Uh, They surprised everybody when they announced uh, that they had Jadevian Clowney in for a visit. He didn't sign, but he certainly is uh, an option for the Browns. It's just been we've talked a lot about it, even even today with Rosie, we've talked about the tumultuous offseason for the Indians. (laughs) Welcome to the opposite of that. Yeah. With the Cleveland Browns. It has been phenomenal. Yeah.
1: And I don't know. The team sent out a tweet today. I don't know if we're supposed to take it as cryptic or not, but. You know, they said we've been busy, but we're not done yet. I don't know if that means the draft. I don't know if that means more free agents, but it's just so exciting.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So there's your cheer of the week, and we'll get to mine. Uh, and and my cheer of the week is really easy once I thought about it. My cheer of the week, uh, last week, I, on Friday, uh, had an appointment, went down to the Wolstein Center to get my COVID vaccine, and um, – that was awesome. Like the efficiency at which the staff at Cleveland state mm-hmm. and the people from FEMA and the national guard, the army national guard, the, the, the efficiency at which they are getting people in and out. It took me longer to walk from the parking garage right next to the Wallstein center to the Wallstein center. And then back, then it took me to like, check in, walk down to the floor get my shot, uh, and then take out the fact that you need to like, um, uh, uh, wait 15 minutes after you get your shot. It took me longer to walk in and out than it took me to really do anything in the Wallstein center. It was absolutely phenomenal. And the fact that they are just bringing people in and out, my cheer of the week goes to that operation that they're running right here in downtown Cleveland to get people vaccinated and again, however you feel about that is fine. But like to help get us back to baseball games and restaurants and bars and living as close to a normal breweries, Christ's sake, as close to living a normal life as we possibly can get, uh, my cheer of the week goes to all those people working their butts off to get people vaccinated. Uh, I go back in a couple of weeks and I I'm pumped. I can't wait. So yeah. anyways, that's my cheer. Yeah. Uh, you're Joey's controversial cheer, but it's his nonetheless. It's Get excited for the Browns and me with the COVID. So that's going to do it for us here. Episode 58. Uh, again, uh, we've got some thank yous to give out. First of all, our thank you goes to our amazing special guest. Uh, uh, the One of the radio voices of the Cleveland Indians, uh, Jim Rosenhouse, second appearance on the Garage Beers podcast. You can bet your ass. You will see Jim Rosenhouse on the Garage Beers podcast again. He is an awesome guest and he is Phenomenal with his knowledge of baseball and baseball history. We love having him on. Uh, and so, thank you to him. Thank you to the breweries that we featured. And as always, our biggest thank you goes out to you that are listening to us. If you are listening to us, do us a favor like our social media pages at the Garage Beers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can do some fun things on our YouTube live. Uh, you need a certain number of subscribers there. Uh, And do us a favor and leave us a review uh, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, It really, really does help us, and we would appreciate that. we got a lot of fun stuff to come uh, in the coming weeks, Uh, some interesting partnerships. We're going to have some giveaways coming up over the next couple weeks leading up to the NFL draft. You don't want to miss that Uh, and and so much more. So thank you for tuning in and for supporting us. Uh, And that's going to do it for us. So for Joey. In Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers. Joe for chat over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers. Chad, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike, thank you for tuning in. Episode 58 is in the books. Cheers, everybody.